Chapter Ten of Across the Years. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Anna Dabisha, Auckland, New Zealand. Across the Years by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Ten: The Bridge Across the Years. John was expected on the five o'clock stage. Mrs. John had been there three days now, and John's father and mother were almost packed up so mrs john said the auction would be to-morrow at nine o'clock and with john there to see that things hustled which last was really unnecessary to mention for john's very presence meant hustle with john there then the whole thing ought to be over by one o'clock and they off in season to catch the afternoon express and what a time it had been those three days mrs john resting in the big chair on the front porch thought of those days with complacency that they were over grandpa and grandma burton hovering over old treasures in the attic thought of them with terrified dismay that they had ever begun i am coming up on tuesday mrs john had written we have been thinking for some time that you and father ought not to be left alone up there on the farm any longer now don't worry about the packing i shall bring marie and you won't have to lift your finger john will come thursday night and be there for the auction on friday by that time we shall have picked out what is worth saving and everything will be ready for him to take matters in hand i think he has already written to the auctioneer so tell father to give himself no uneasiness on that score john says he thinks we can have you back here with us by friday night or saturday at the latest you know john's way so you may be sure there will be no tiresome delay your rooms here will be all ready before i leave so that part will be all right this may seem a bit sudden to you but you know we have always told you that the time was surely coming when you couldn't live alone any longer john thinks it has come now and as i said before you know john so after all you won't be surprised at his going right ahead with things we shall do everything possible to make you comfortable and i am sure you will be very happy here good-bye then until tuesday with love to both of you edith that had been the beginning to grandpa and grandma burton it had come like a thunderclap on a clear day they had known to be sure that son john frowned a little at their lonely life but that there should come this sudden transplanting this ruthless twisting and tearing up of roots that for sixty years had been burrowing deeper and deeper it was almost beyond one's comprehension and there was the auction we shan't need that anyway grandma burton had said at once what few things we don't want to keep i shall give away an auction indeed pray what have we to sell hm to be sure to be sure her husband had murmured but his face was troubled and later he had said apologetically you see hannah there's the farm things we don't need them on tuesday night mrs john and the somewhat awesome maria to whom grandpa and grandma burton never could learn not to curtsy arrived and almost at once grandma burton discovered that not only farm things but such precious treasures as the hair wreath and the parlor set were auctionable in fact everything the house contained 
except her clothing and a few crayon portraits seemed to be in the same category but mother dear mrs john had returned with a laugh in response to grandma burton's horrified remonstrances just wait till you see your rooms and how full they are of beautiful things and then you'll understand but they won't be these the old voice had quavered and mrs john had laughed again and had patted her mother-in-law's cheek and had echoed but with a different shade of meaning no they certainly won't be these in the attic now on a worn black trunk sat the little old man and down on the floor before an antiquated cradle knelt his wife they was all rocked in it seth she was saying john and the twins and my two little girls and now there ain't any one left only john and the cradle i know hannah but you ain't usin that nowadays so you don't really need it comforted the old man but there's my big chair now seems as though we just thought to take that why there ain't a day goes by that i don't set in it but john's wife says there's better ones there seth soothed the old woman in her turn as much as four or five of em right in our rooms so she did so she did murmured the man i'm an ungrateful thing so i be there was a long pause the old man drummed with his fingers on the trunk and watched the cloud sail across the skylight the woman gently swung the cradle to and fro if only they weren't going to be sold she choked after a time i like to know that they're where i can look at em and feel of em and and remember things now there's them quilts with all my dress pieces in em a piece of most every dress i've had since i was a girl and there's that hair wreath seems as if i just couldn't let that go seth why there's your hair and john's and some of the twins and there there dear now i just wouldn't fret cut in the old man quickly like enough when you get used to them mother things on the wall you'll like em even better than the hair wreath john's wife says she's taken lots of pains and fixed em up with pictures and curtains and everything nice went on seth talking very fast why hannah it's you that's been ungrateful now dear so tis so tis seth and it ain't right and i know it i ain't a goin to do so no more now see and she bravely turned her back on the cradle and walked head erect toward the attic stairs john came at five o'clock he engulfed the little old man and the little old woman in a bear-like hug and breezily demanded what they had been doing to themselves to make them look so forlorn in the very next breath however he answered his own question and declared it was because they had been living all cooped up alone so long so it was and that it was high time it was stopped and that he had come to do it whereupon the old man and the old woman smiled bravely and told each other what a good good son they had to be sure friday dawned clear and not too warm an ideal auction day long before nine o'clock the yard was full of teams and a house of people among them all however there was no sign of the bent old man and the erect little old woman the owners of the property to be sold john and mrs john were not a little disturbed they had lost their father and mother nine o'clock came 
and with it began the strident call of the auctioneer men laughed and joked over their bids and women looked and gossiped adding a bid of their own now and then everywhere was the son of the house and things went through with a rush upstairs in the darkest corner of the attic which had been cleared of goods sat hand in hand on an old packing-box a little old man and a little old woman who winced and shrank together every time the going going gone floated up to them from the yard below at half-past one the last wagon rumbled out of the yard and five minutes later mrs john gave a relieved cry oh there you are why mother father where have you been there was no reply the old man choked back a cough and bent to flick a bit of dust from his coat the old woman turned and crept away her erect little figure looking suddenly bent and old why what began john as his father too turned away why edith you don't suppose he stopped with a helpless frown perfectly natural my dear perfectly natural returned mrs john lightly we'll get them away immediately it'll be all right when once they are started some hours later a very tired old man and a still more tired old woman crept into a pair of sumptuous canopy-topped twin beds there was only one remark why seth mine ain't feathers a mite is yours there was no reply tired nature had triumphed seth was asleep they made a brave fight those two they told themselves that the chairs were easier the carpet softer and the pictures prettier than those that had gone under the hammer that day as they sat hand in hand in the attic they assured each other that the unaccustomed richness of window and bed hangings and the profusion of strange vases and statuettes did not make them afraid to stare lest they soil or break something they insisted to each other that they were not homesick and that they were perfectly satisfied as they were and yet when no one was looking grandpa burton tried chair after chair and wondered why there was only one particular chair in the whole world that just exactly fitted and when the twilight hour came grandma burton wondered what she would give to be able just to sit by the old cradle and talk with the past the newspapers said it was a most marvellous escape for the whole family they gave a detailed account of how the beautiful residence of the honourable john burton with all its costly furnishings had burned to the ground and of how the entire family was saved making special mention of the honourable gentleman's aged father and mother no one was injured fortunately and the family had taken up a temporary residence in the nearest hotel it was understood that mr burton would begin rebuilding at once the newspapers were right mr burton did begin rebuilding at once in fact the ashes of the burton mansion were not cold before john burton began to interview architects and contractors it'll be way ahead of the old one he confided to his wife enthusiastically mrs john sighed i know dear she began plaintively but don't you see it won't be the same it can't be why some of those things we've had ever since we were married they seemed a part of me john i was used to them i had grown up with some of them 
those candlesticks of mamma's for instance that she had when i was a bit of a baby do you think money can buy another pair that that were hers and mrs john burst into tears come come dear protested her husband with a hasty caress and a nervous glance at the clock he was due at the bank in ten minutes don't fret about what can't be helped besides and he laughed whimsically you must look out or you'll be getting as bad as mother over her hair wreath and with another hasty pat on her shoulder he was gone mrs john suddenly stopped her crying she lowered her handkerchief and stared fixedly at an old print on the wall opposite the hotel though strictly modern in cuisine and management was an old one and prided itself on the quaintness of its old-time furnishings just what the print represented mrs john could not have told though her eyes did not swerve from its face for five long minutes what she did see was a silent dismantled farmhouse and a little old man and a little old woman with drawn faces and dumb lips what is possible had she indeed been so blind mrs john rose to her feet bathed her eyes straightened her neck bow and crossed the hall to grandma burton's room well mother and how are you getting along she asked cheerily just as nice as can be daughter and ain't this room pretty returned the little old woman eagerly do you know it seems kind of natural like maybe it's because of that chair there seth says it's almost like his at home it was a good beginning and mrs john made the most of it under her skilful guidance grandma burton in less than five minutes had gone from the chair to the old clock which her father used to wind and from the clock to the bureau where she kept the dead twins little white shoes and bonnets she told too of the cherished parlor chairs and the marble-topped table and of how she and father had saved and saved for years to buy them and even now as she talked her voice rang with pride of possession though only for a moment it shook then with the remembrance of loss there was no complaint it is true no audible longing for lost treasures there was only the unwanted joy of pouring into sympathetic ears the story of things loved and lost things the very mention of which brought sweet faint echoes of voices long since silent there there broke off the little old woman at last how i am running on but somehow something set me talking today maybe it was the chair that's like your father's she hazarded maybe it was agreed mrs john quietly as she rose to her feet the new house came on apace in a wonderfully short time john burton began to urge his wife to see about rugs and hangings it was then that mrs john called to him to one side and said a few hurried but very earnest words words that made the honourable john open wide his eyes but edith he remonstrated are you crazy it simply couldn't be done the things are scattered over half a dozen townships besides i haven't the least idea where the auctioneer's list is if i saved it at all never mind dear i may try surely begged mrs john and her husband laughed and reached for his checkbook try of course you may try and here's this by way of wishing you good luck he finished 
as he handed her an oblong bit of paper that would go far toward smoothing the most difficult of ways you dear cried mrs john and now i'm going to work it was about this time that mrs john went away the children were at college and boarding school john was absorbed in business and house building and grandpa and grandma burton were contented and well cared for there really seemed to be no reason why mrs john should not go away if she wished and she apparently did wish it was at about this time too that certain vermont villages one of which was the honorable john burton's birthplace were stirred to sudden interest and action a persistent smiling-faced woman had dropped into their midst a woman who drove from house to house and who in every case left behind her a sworn ally and friend pledged to serve her cause little by little in an unused room in the village hotel there began to accumulate a motley collection a clock a marble-topped table a cradle a patchwork quilt a bureau a hair wreath a chair worn with age and use and as this collection grew in size and fame only that family which could not add to it counted itself abused and unfortunate so great was the spell that the persistent smiling-faced woman had cast about her just before the burton house was finished mrs john came back to town she had to hurry a little about the last of the decorations and furnishings to make up for lost time but there came a day when the place was pronounced ready for occupancy it was then that mrs john hurried into grandpa and grandma burton's rooms at the hotel come dears the house is all ready and we're going home done so soon faltered grandma burton who had not been told very much concerning the new home's progress why how quick they have built it there was a note of regret in the tremulous old voice but mrs john did not seem to notice the old man too rose from his chair with a long sigh and again mrs john did not seem to notice yes dearie yes it's all very nice and fine said grandma burton wearily half an hour later as she trudged through the sumptuous palace and halls of the new house but if you don't mind i guess i'll go to my room daughter i'm tired terrible tired up the stairs and along the hall trailed the little procession mrs john john the bent old man and the little old woman at the end of the hall mrs john paused a moment then flung the door wide open there was a gasp and a quick step forward then came the sudden illumination of two wrinkled old faces john edith it was a cry of mingled joy and wonder there was no reply mrs john had closed the door and left them there with their treasures End of chapter ten